Hello, this podcast is part of our tax podcast series. I'm Michelle Radom in the Osborne Clark Disputes team, and today I'm with Matt Green, an Associate Director in the Tax Disputes team. And we're going to discuss virtual hearings in tax disputes and how they've developed during the pandemic. Hi. Matt, some basics first before we get on to virtual hearings. Tax tribunal appeals are different from High Court hearings, but for this purpose, what's the key difference? Uh, generally speaking, uh, the tax tribunal is more informal. Uh, it's not bound by the uh, the civil procedure rules. Um, the tax tribunal it does have its own procedural uh, rules, but they're generally not as as detailed as as the CPR. Um, increasingly, though, the CPR approach is used for reference. So the same principles are being applied by analogy. We see that in cases like BPP and so on. Um, But you do find that the tribunal is still generally more flexible on issues such as evidence, particularly in smaller cases where the taxpayer is representing himself, or perhaps his uh, tax advisor is representing him. In these sorts of cases, the taxpayer can't be expected to comply with the CPR rules on, for example, expert evidence. Thank you. So virtual hearings. Could you outline how the tribunals evolved to allow virtual hearings? Yes. So uh, hearings paused over summer last year. The tribunal got to grips with how to do it. Um, There were systems that needed to be tested and improved and HMRC also had to be ready uh, because of the bulk of the cases uh, involving smaller appeals. Uh, For example, the bundles would generally be produced by HMRC. Uh, so where we are now is that effectively remote hearings are the default type of hearing for the time being. Uh, remote hearings may well remain the norm for smaller cases after the pandemic too. Uh, the tribunal has also looked at ways that uh, cases are allocated to different tracks. Uh, so as a result, more of the smaller and less complex cases, like for example, appeals against uh, late filing penalties, uh, they will increasingly be allocated to what's called the default paper track which means there wouldn't be a hearing at all, remote or face-to-face. As a comparison, so for high court cases, there was generally a successful and and pretty quick shift to remote hearings at the start of the pandemic. Uh, And to help with that, very early on, there was a a remote hearings protocol followed by practice directions. And it, it may well be that remote hearings become the default for certain types of hearings in the longer term. So for tax tribunal appeals, what what sorts of cases do you think won't be suitable for virtual hearings? And where you do have a virtual hearing, what steps will have to be taken? Uh, Well, the first thing to say is that your appeal might might not be run as a virtual hearing. Um, So I've mentioned already the uh, the default paper cases won't have a hearing. Uh, uh, There may be other cases as well where the parties or the tribunals think it appropriate to dispense with a hearing and decide the appeal on the basis of written submissions only. I mean, that, that of course will vary from case to case. Um, it appears to have become more common during the pandemic. Uh, the tribunal has discretion here though. So, uh, you know, I think it's more likely if the questions are purely legal rather than factual. And obviously when both sides agree to it. Um, in terms of practicalities, uh, if it is a virtual hearing, then before the actual hearing, uh, you'll be asked to run a test to ensure that your IT will run on the software and. Um, your signal is good enough, those sorts of things. Uh, so I think you know at the start there were problems with, with some web browsers. Uh, on the day, it's really rather like a Zoom or Teams meeting, but with modified software and processes. 
So you dial in, uh, wait for the judge to start the hearing. Uh, during the hearing, it's surprisingly similar to a normal hearing. The judge has control over when it starts, who can speak and so on. Uh, there are always glitches, as there are with any online meeting. Uh, people lose connections and so on. Uh, but it, it essentially proceeds as a normal hearing. Uh, I, I think in terms of differences, there are, are normally quite frequent breaks in the hearing. Um, it has been recognised that concentrating on the screen is more tiring than being in a real hearing. Uh, all of the hearing uh, bundles will be on PDF, not hard copy. And I, I think the High Court has been using electronic bundles for, for some time, but uh, the tax tribunal had until recently been more reliant on paper files. Uh, so so the, I mean, that may be for a number of reasons. I think they've had to cater a lot for litigants in person and there's obviously budgetary reasons and the fact that electronic bundles uh, would have required HMRC to improve their systems. But the switch to virtual hearings has really forced the issue. And in particular, HMRC have now managed to establish a methodology for uh, producing PDF bundles that work. Uh, the fact that bundles are electronic has caused some issues, perhaps some grumpiness, uh, but I think it's a huge improvement, if only in saving the environmental cost of printing all that paper. Mm. Thank you. That, that's interesting. So what, what are your top tips for coping with a virtual hearing? Uh, one of the practical difficulties as an advisor is being able to talk to your client or tax counsel during the hearing. So uh, in a physical hearing, uh, obviously it's easy. You typically pass post-it notes uh, back and forth. Um, in a virtual hearing, obviously you can't do that and there's no side room. Uh, one of the big relaxations has been that phones are allowed in the virtual hearing, obviously on silent. Uh, so it is possible to message your team or, or email, of course. Um, the frequent breaks also help to allow you to catch up with your side. And once we're out of lockdown, then having your team physically in the same room, even if it's a virtual hearing, uh, you could obviously also, you know, you, you could still all meet together perhaps in, in, in the office. Uh, that that would of course sort that, that part of the problem out. Uh, another top tip, which applies to all substantial hearings really, is to book a day or a half day uh, reading. Uh, so that really gives the, the tribunal a chance to um, you know, turn up with a proper understanding of the issues and, and it just makes the hearing itself run a lot smoother. Also, when listing a remote hearing, remember you will probably need longer than you would for a physical hearing. And that's because of the breaks uh, that I mentioned earlier and also the potential connection issues that, 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 you, that you may get that slow things down. Uh, the tribunal have suggested that it can take up to 50% longer for a virtual hearing. So I think as a rule of thumb, it's probably worth using that if you were trying to sort of come up with time estimates when, when trying to list a hearing. So final question before we have to finish, uh, as everyone's hoping we're going to be moving out of lockdown and, and normal life is going to start resuming, what are your thoughts on the future for virtual hearings? Um, I think I think there will be a mix. Uh, I think it's harder to run as a virtual hearing an appeal that depends on factual issues. And so, you know, needing to cross, cross examination of witnesses and uh, we, the tribunal has got to make judgments as to credibility. Um, and whilst the tribunal's core technology is excellent, parties' connections do often fail, and that does obviously cause delay and frustration. There are undoubtedly benefits, though, uh, to virtual hearings, and it, you know, it's not just to the to the MOJ who might be thinking about reducing the number of courts. 
but also to parties and witnesses who don't need to take out a whole day to travel for a you know, two-hour hearing, especially if they're not based uh, near London or one of the other major centres. Um, so yes, there are concerns about access to technology in the same way as we saw play out, for example, with children's online learning during lockdown. Uh, but virtual hearings do offer improved access to justice for many people. For larger corporates, the benefits are perhaps less obvious as you know, a lot of the parties tend to be in, in London with access to Taylor House or one of the other major centres. Um, so we'll, we'll need to see what happens, but I suspect like physical hearing venues, it will become an option for parties to request. Matt, thanks. We're, we're out of time now and that's the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening. Goodbye.